1: And now, Veep Thoughts by Kamala Harris I
0: think of this moment as a moment that is about great momentum inspired by, yes, optimism, inspired by a crisis, no doubt um, but inspired by also our collective ability to see what can be unburdened by what has been
1: This has been Veep Thoughts by Kamala Harris. Stu does America.
2: BlazeTV.com slash Stu. Use the promo code Stu save 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. If you're watching on YouTube, the time to like the video is right now. Subscribe to the channel as well. Hit the bell. Do all the things. We appreciate it. It's been a hell of a week for Corinne Jean Pierre. We'll go into Her week and some of her greatest hits, I'll attempt to put myself into a diabetic coma at the end of the program, so stick around for that. But we start by doing gas stoves. It was just like last week when I couldn't imagine doing a show about gas stoves. Like, last Friday, I did a show, and it wasn't even on my mind at all that we had to talk and defend gas stoves. Why, why would that be such a thing? And yet, within one week, we went through an entire cycle of, wait a minute, gas stoves might be bad. Obviously, gas stoves are bad. They're the worst thing in the world. Wait a minute, we didn't say they were bad. Why do you care so much about that? Why are you bringing that up and entering the culture war with gas stoves? All in, like, one week. And while I find that to be fascinating, and I think we should talk about it a little bit, we should also talk about what is the actual science behind this. Is there any? What, what, what do the actual studies say about gas stoves? We're going to go through all that right now. Are you ready for it? Take the journey with me. Let's start with where this all started. Richard Trumpka was a guy who came out. He's a former Obama union figure, and uh, he came out, made this statement about, "Hey, maybe we're going to ban gas stoves." And, All of a sudden, the Consumer Protection Society or whatever the heck it is came out and said, hey, gas stoves, they're a huge problem. And everyone jumped immediately on board. Let me give you a little highlight. Here's the coverage from CNN.
0: So there's a study out last month which found indoor gas stove use and the pollutants that come with it are tied to an increased risk of asthma in children. This
1: is a hundred years of advertising. You know, you're cooking with gas now was a deliberate campaign from the American Gas Association when they were up against wood and coal Mm -hmm. back in the '30s. You know, the science is showing us that having. A gas stove in a small apartment, especially with bad ventilation, it's like having an, a car idling there. And if you have wow. young kids, it can affect cognitive abilities and, and as well as asthma.
2: New York Times, of course, jumped on the bandwagon as well. Emissions from gas stoves have been connected to an increased risk for childhood asthma. Among other risks, research has shown here are a few steps you can take by, to mitigate the effects. Remember, the New York Times telling you that story. We'll get back to that here in a minute. Now, in December, we had Cory Booker coming out. He said he was uh, urging the CPSC to address dangerous indoor air pollutions emitted by gas stoves. So the study comes out, makes Cory Booker move, makes the media move, makes Richard Trump come move, and all of a sudden, here we are, talking about defending to our deaths the gas stove. This society can't continue to work this way. We can't just come up with some random concern and turn it into the only thing anyone talks about, as if it was the most obvious thing in the world, within a week, and we just can't keep doing that over and over again. But we, we keep doing it over and over again. U.S. Safety Agency to consider ban on gas stoves amid health fears. This is not a Republican outfit telling you this. This is Bloomberg, based on several people saying the same thing. Now, Washington state has a ban on this type of situation. If you're building a new house, can't get a gas stove in that new house. Do you believe this is America anymore? Kathy Hochul, she's going to try to maybe weigh, she's weighing East Coast first statewide building gas ban. If you want to get a new building, you want to get a new house, you can't put gas stoves in it. Hmm. AOC jumps on the bandwagon. Midweek, she fires back at Republican meltdown over gas stoves. There is very concerning science. What's fascinating about this is, you know, AOC, AOC is a dunce. We all know that. But like she tries to do the thing. She doesn't really understand what's supposed to happen here, right? You're either supposed to say the science is really bad and you should freak out or you say, Hey, we were never going to ban gas stoves. Why are the Republicans melting down? She just combines both approaches because she's an idiot. That's the way this works. She just says everything that comes into her mind. And usually those thoughts are about flowers or unicorns or, you know, whatever else. But in this case, she just just goes to both approaches here. She says that, of course, not only is it a Republican meltdown, but also there's very concerning science. Um, she said, did you know that ongoing exposure to NO2 from gas stoves is linked to reduced cognitive performance? Now she's doing that, I think, to slam uh, Ronnie Jackson, who is saying he's not going to give up his gas stove. But we should also remind everyone that, of course, AOC has one of her own. There's been many of them are dumb Instagram videos. She's got the gas stove because she lives in a freaking really nice apartment. And when you have a really nice apartment, most of the time they're going to have gas stoves in there because that's what people like. I like this approach by the left. To me, this is satisfying because when the left goes after coal plants, for example, many ways that hurts the country. It makes your electricity price go up. It, uh, it, it takes away the choice of an individual to get their energy the way they want to get it. Um, and, you know, look, this is all part of the conversation, but no one is fighting for coal plants. No one likes coal plants. No one's like, I have a special part of my soul for a coal plant. Unless you happen to be, you know, a person who owns a coal company. On the other hand, when they came after big screen TVs a few years back, that one was laughed out of the building by America because they like their big screen TVs. They also like their gas ranges. They're a big fan of the gas stove. Um, Now, the White House got word of this. They saw everyone. So remember where we are. Study comes out. They say they're going to ban it or they're going to consider banning it. Everyone says, wait a minute, you're considering What? And they start freaking out and saying, you're not going to do that. Forget, forget it. We're going to make moves. We're going to stop this. Then the White House comes out and they realize they're on the wrong side of this issue. And they release this White House says Biden doesn't support banning gas stoves. Wait a minute. We were just told that the whole left was on board with us and It was so incredibly obvious. You just hate children if you don't want to do it. And then Corinne Jean-Pierre was asked about this, this gas stove ban. And you know how well that always goes.
0: On the gas stoves question, Senate Democrats are calling for more regulations on gas stoves because they contribute to indoor air pollution. Is the president worried about the climate impact of a gas stove?
1: So, look, again, I, the, when it comes to the question about safety or um, uh, or the effect of gas stove, that is not something that the, that we can speak to here at the White House. So I would refer you to the Consumer Product Safety Commission. Uh, and, uh, you know, the president does not support uh, banning gas stoves and the Consumer Product Safety Commission, which is independent, uh, is not banning gas stoves. So I just want to be very clear on that on
2: mm. that. And <laughs> right. Of course, totally independent. Absolutely no connection whatsoever. Now, Nina Turner is a former, I don't know, she used to be, in, basically she's just a left-wing nut job now. But she says, I truly hope that gas stoves don't become some weird right-wing culture war. Childhood asthma is nothing to politicize. When we as a nation get information that will improve the health of our children, we should act upon it in an rational manner. Then why are you commenting? If we want rational behavior, why are we going to you? The point here, of course, is this is a long-term Cycle That's really annoying. The the left comes out with this new environmental concern or new concern about two spirits or transphobia or, uh, you know, racism, you know, apartment is now racist. The word apartment or the word Chicago is now racist. We had this this week with the word field. You're a field worker. No, that's racist. That comes out. No one's ever heard of it. No one's ever talked about it before. That immediately goes into, this is the worst thing ever. How can you not be sensitive to, the, to people when they hear the word field or use a gas stove? Then it gets to the Republican response, which where we say, hey, wait a minute. Conservatives are over here going, uh, yeah, we're not. Number one, this is not in your purview. The Federal government has nothing to do with this. We think it's dumb. We're going to do whatever we want to do. Uh, do you believe these people? We look around the room. We say, do you believe these people? They want to take away your gas stoves. And then. It's walked back by the, uh, the administration. And at the very end, it's like, oh, do you believe these Republicans pouncing? These Republicans have pounced on this uh, gas stove thing. <laughs> Can you believe these guys? I mean, I can't believe they're they're pouncing on this like it's some big culture war issue. It's just so insu- it's so annoying. Do you believe these Republicans getting their their, their 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 ire up over this little tiny issue that we never even mentioned before last week? Yeah, we know. This is the only way these things ever get shut down. We get all pissed off about it and then they run away scared for a year or two while they regroup and try to figure out the next time to push it through, which they will. This is still going to continue to happen, despite the fact that the study that it's based on is not solid at all. In fact, no new science was done at all in this new study. The study itself talked about gas and asthma. And just to let you know how the study worked, it didn't. There's no new experiments. There's no new observations. It was just a study where they looked at other people's studies going back many, many years to try to see if they could suss out some example. And then... When they found uh, some little signal with gas stoves, they multiplied it over the population and gave you this scary 12.7% number. So let me give you a couple facts about this, and we'll go through the study. We'll go through the studies it's based on and give you a basic idea as to where all of this came from. Alex Epstein writes a little bit about this, which is just, this part is just fascinating. Observe that the CDC data shows that between 1980 and the mid-1990s, asthma rates almost doubled, despite a significant decline in air pollution. This is an anti-correlation that contradicts the narrative that asthma is mainly caused by pollution. Now, the study itself had uh, was not nearly as certain as what you uh, read in all of these headlines or what AOC believes she's tweeting. Uh, This is from uh, one of the from the study. The proportion of childhood asthma that could be theoretically prevented if gas stove use was not uh, if, uh, if gas stove use was not present, varied by state. They go through this and they actually admit later on to the Washington examiners from Ari Shulman. Um, he says, responding to a uh, re- request for comment, RMI manager Brady Seals, one of the authors, told the Washington Examiner in an email Wednesday that the think tank study, quote, does not assume or estimate a causal relationship between childhood asthma and natural gas stoves. So he went through the whole week of freaking out and the study itself doesn't even really say that, according to its author. Kind of important. But how could it? How could it know what percentage of asthma was caused by gas stoves? You might say, well, they know what, you know, natural gas and the particulate matter, how that affects asthma. Let me give you a quote from the National Institute of Health on how much they know about asthma. I want you to wrap your mind around this when they're so confidently telling you that 12.7% of asthma cases are caused by gas stoves or correlated with gas stoves. Here we go. This is from the National Institute of Health. The exact cause of asthma is unknown. And the causes may be different from person to person. If you don't know what the cause of asthma is, it's a little difficult for you to tell me that 12.7% exactly Of asthma cases are caused by gas stoves. A little difficult. Of course, there's so much more to this in the actual study. Emily Oster uh, did one of her Substack posts on this. Let me give you some of the highlights from that because it's um, important to understand what the underlying science is behind the study because, as I mentioned, it's not a study where they did new experiments or new observations. They're just looking back at old studies. Well, what do these old studies look like? In 2004, a study of about 6,000 children in Russia found an increase in doctor-diagnosed asthma for children living in homes with gas cooking. This is the study in which the risk of asthma doubled in homes with gas cooking. Okay, so that's what it's based on. A big, big chunk of this. Again, doubled. It's weird that it would be double in one study in 12.7% overall. Kind of weird, right? But okay, they doubled in this particular study. However, the paper runs lots of analysis, and they do not all line up. For example, they find no evidence that gas cooking increases wheezing or asthma-like symptoms, making it possible that some of what they were seeing in the data are diagnosis differences. So, a bunch more people got asthma, but they didn't have any symptoms. That's one of the big parts of the study. Does that make any sense to you? I don't think so. How about this? Even though Illinois has a much, much higher share of gas stove ownership, the childhood asthma rate is lower than in Florida with a very low gas stove ownership. Does that mean gas stoves do not matter? No, but it suggests other things matter a lot more. This is one of those. This is something that is absolutely fluent throughout our society in general. A lot of people will find one indication that it may make a slight difference and assume you know, that is the only thing that they should focus on when there's much bigger uh, fish to fry. An you know, example of this is, you know, you see people a lot of times chasing interest rates with their money. They've got money in a bank account, and they're moving it all the time to go from 2% to 2.5%. And look, getting an extra half a percent, nothing wrong with that. A little bit of extra money. However, they don't focus on their job and how to maximize their earnings, which makes a heck of a lot more difference than that half a percent on money that's already saved. This happens all the time. People do it all the time. They do it with weight loss all the time, too. You know, they will... They will put in some superfood they saw on the internet and, and try to lose weight that way instead of just like cutting out all the stuff I'm going to be eating at the end of the show. We've got a great candy themed stew Eats America coming up for you in just a little bit. So here's the summary from Emily Oster. again, and she's not no conservative she I think she works for the New York Times. I mean, again this is not somebody who you'd be like, oh, we'll give them a show in the blaze immediately. Um, what to take from this? We know that gas stoves emit nitrogen oxides that, In general, those are not good. We know that air pollution, in general, is bad for respiratory symptoms, including asthma. So it seems very plausible that there is some link here. However, the magnitude is likely small. In most of the estimates, it's small. Again, this is the study. She's talking about the study. In most of the estimates, the effect is small. And beyond that, we do not see the kind of smoking gun in any of these data that would suggest a really consistent link. Some show gains, some don't. Um, Let me give you a couple of other studies that were also included in this uh, meta-study of a bunch of other research. Survey of respiratory symptoms in children aged 12 to 14 was conducted throughout Great Britain. Gas cooking showed little association with respiratory symptoms. Huh. Between 1978 and 1991, the population prevalence, odds of wheeze, not wheezer, but wheeze, increased by 20%. Change in parental smoking, gas cooking. Pet ownership and central heating did not appear to explain the rise. What was the big culprit in this study? Use of non-feather pillows was positively associated with childhood wheeze, even after adjusting for other risk factors. Yes, it was feather pillows that were really the culprit in this study. And it's funny because it's not just these studies that showed this. In fact, up until this week... Basically, everybody kind of understood this. Everyone looked at the data and said, "Okay, there's not much here. You can find some minor signals here and there, but a better, uh, you know, answer to this would not be banning gas stoves. Maybe improving ventilation on older apartments." There was a one report of one of these studies that looked through, um, uh, that tried to study the gas uh, leakages, and they did it in a house that was wrapped in plastic, so there was no. Uh, A room that was wrapped in plastic so there was no ventilation whatsoever. These are, you know, these are these are things that might be valuable at some level in an academic sense, but it should not make you make any decisions about your life based on them. Um, And it's funny because, you know, who knew this before this week? The New York Times. Let me take you back in history, and this is going to be a little bit of a tester. You might not remember this era all that well, but you might be, depending on how old you are, you might remember this. The year is uh, 2021. Do you remember any interest in looking back at 2021? Here's the New York Times in 2021. If you've been spooked by the stories urging you to kill your gas stove because it poses hidden dangers that are bad for you and the planet, you don't actually need to freak out. Yes, it's a more environmentally conscious move to ditch your gas stove when it breaks or when you're renovating and to switch to one that runs on electricity, including induction, which is the new hot thing. Ventilation is really important, too. But the provocative headlines have cooked up a scare that we don't think is warranted because chucking a gas range that works won't make much of a positive impact on the environment or most people's health. That's The New York Times back in 2021. Now, remember, when you're the New York Times, you have to get on board with each and every narrative described by the left. You can't just you can't have an article like that, which is sensible. It says, you know, look, there might be like, you know, I'm not obviously I'm not a guy who's going to change anything in my life about the climate. I I don't I don't. It's not something that concerns me, but I know a lot of people are concerned. And if you want to say, okay, I want to lower my emissions. All right not going to make much of a difference, as they point out. It's a very, they go through the percentages. very small percentage of uh, emissions come from gas stoves. It really is not going to make a difference is basically what they say. But if you want to be environmentally conscious in some extra way when, when your gas stove breaks, go ahead and do it. Right. And they also say, you know, unless you already have asthma, maybe you'd see some effects. Maybe there's not a lot of data to prove all of this, blah, 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 blah. They give you the very sensible take the first time they talk about it. But then the narrative changes. Now, all of a sudden, we're supposed to be concerned about the gas stoves. Now, all of a sudden, it's the big thing. So what do they do? They update the old article with this editor's note. Editor's note, this article was originally published way back in 2021, and we are no longer updating it. Since then, additional research has emerged demonstrating the environmental and health impacts of gas stoves. Notably, a 2022 study found that 12.7% of childhood asthma cases could be attributed to gas stove use. Accordingly, we no longer consider hanging onto your gas stove for as long as it works to be the best advice. What's fascinating about this, as I've just described to you, is nothing in the December 2022 study was new. It was a review of old literature that was out there at the time they wrote the 2021 story they looked at the same data and eventually came up with a way to suss out some small feature targeting a small group of people in a very small age group that is obviously still very shoddy. And because the narrative is there, the New York Times switches from their rational coverage back in 2021 to the new updated, holy crap, get that gas stove over your house or your kids are going to die, take that they have today. Again, I keep coming back to this. Number one, Keep your gas stove if you want your gas stove. A lot of people like induction better. If you're getting a new uh, stove, maybe you'll want to do the induction thing. I don't know. I I, I like the gas. It's just, you know, if I'm going to cook, which I don't cook that much, I like the way the gas performs. You might like the induction thing. Get one if you want one, but don't make any decision based on any of this stuff, not that you were going to. And secondarily, we can't continue to operate this way. We are operating as if the entire media is formed on the basis of, like, what's being tweeted that day. When did this start? How can this go on? How can you run a rational society when we are going to take a 180 degree degree turn every single time someone comes up with some new BS concern and act like not only is it the right thing to do, but it's obviously the right thing to do and everyone's known it forever and if you're not on board fully right now you are the enemy. And then when it looks like, holy crap, maybe more people are not on board than we thought, we're going to retract the claims, we're going to walk them back, and then we're going to blame the right because they just freaked out about absolutely nothing. Do you believe how these people are thrusting these BS issues into the culture war? No sensible, honest person can believe what happened this week. I mean, we went from absolutely nothing to an entire show on this based on one idiotic week of tweets. And if we don't do it, if we don't come out and show you all these studies, who's going to People are just going to start, it's going to start permeating society and people are going to all of a sudden think they know how bad the gas stove is. Wait until the next dinner party you have. Anyone who comes over and complains about your stove, I've got some advice for you. Kick them the hell out of your house. Good night, everybody. Always a calm and rational reaction to every moment. Uh, let me tell you about, let's say winter. Winter, it can be brutal, especially in the morning. I remember when I lived up north, oh my gosh, had to take the train into the city uh, and sit, stand out on that train platform and the wind, was it acted like a wind tunnel and it would just come down and be like, first of all, it was like 20 degrees or 15 degrees and the wind would just howl through that area and it was freezing. It was the worst. I'm so glad I'm out of that now. Now here, of course, I have... Uh, an environment that's even colder, which is the studio I do the radio show in every day. It's like four, it's a, yeah, 14 degrees, wind chill of negative 8. That's my estimate. I don't know. One thing you want to have when you're in cold weather, warm weather, you want to snuggle up inside in front of a gas fireplace uh, and enjoy the indoors while everything is freezing outdoors, you need some Tommy John loungewear. Tommy John loungewear, you can do everything better in Tommy John. They've got pajamas, they've got uh, underwear, they've got loungewear. Uh, they've got all the innovations. They've got the soft tri-blend and uh, microfabrics. Uh, they give you the four-way stretch. Uh, you know, it's, it, it's just great stuff. I will tell you, and I've been telling you for a while, you're going to love this stuff. You were probably like me. You've probably heard a million podcasters and such talk about Tommy John and thought to yourself, it's freaking underwear. Really? I can tell you, it makes a huge difference. It's just great and so comfortable. And the loungewear is a whole other step. You want to be around the house. Pat Gray tells me all the time, he's like, I, as soon as I go home, I just put on the Tommy John and just lay around the house. Because I don't, I, I don't need pants. I don't need pants. I need loungewear. All right, let me tell you how to get Tommy John loungewear. Because you got to go to TommyJohn.com. Go to TommyJohn.com/slash-stew. Uh, if you go there, you get twenty percent off right now. Twenty percent off your first order at TommyJohn.com/slash-stew. You can see site for details, but that site is TommyJohn.com/slash-stew. TommyJohn.com/slash-stew for twenty percent off. This
0: episode is brought to you by Shopify.
1: The president spoke to this personally, he spoke to this personally, he, again, he believes that uh, classified documents and information should be taken seriously, he takes them seriously. (laughs) There
2: you go, Corinne Corinne Jean-Pierre, killing journalistic principles. KJP, she's in effect. Uh, That's our our new little, we like to give you these little segments, so you can just keep up with all the idiotic things that are being said by our government officials. You can, uh, if, if you like that segment, uh, let me know if you want to hear more, see more of Corinne Jean-Pierre making an idiot of herself. Uh, we'll continue to get, make those up for you. Um, let me talk about her week because this was, uh, it was not good. I mean, she's not good at this job, guys. She's not. She's terrible at this job. She does not deserve this job. She got this job because of a few different things. Her skin color, uh, her genitals, and which genitals she likes to uh, romance with. Those three things together got her this gig. She's obviously not qualified. She does a terrible job every single day. She seems like a nice person. I don't have anything against her, but she's just not good at this particular job. She might be good at another job. You know, I don't know what that job would be. I certainly wouldn't be hiring her. I can't. I can't. Think, I can't imagine that there's a job that she's good at. But maybe she is good at something, just not this. Let me give you a little walkthrough of her week. Now, remember, this story comes out about these documents. And I've told you before, I don't really care if he had a few documents at his place. I don't really care if Donald Trump had documents at his place. I just don't care. It's not, a, not, not, not central to why I would elect a president or not elect a president. Oh, they kept a couple of letters at their house. Okay. All right. Great. Thank you for the update. Um, but, of course, more than anything else, the optics of this are terrible. They look terrible for the president, who has been sitting here saying the worst thing of all time was having you know, classified documents at your house. How could this possibly happen? And then, of course, he does it. He does it before the election here in 2022. He does not disclose it. They all just stay quiet about it. They shut up about it because they don't want to affect the election. The press eventually gets wind of it and says, hey, guys, uh, we heard that you have uh, documents. So there are some classified documents. They are asked about it. And it's funny because they knew at that time. About the second and third group of documents. They knew about that. But they decided again to hide. The most transparent administration in history decided to hide this information from reporters, which is just, first of all, just a PR disaster. Just get it out there. They already know about the first batch of documents. Give them the rest of the documents. Get it over with. They already knew about them, but they decided not to because, of course, they're hiding something. This is the way they operate. Well, people wanted to say, hey, KGP, KJP. What, uh, what's the deal here? What, what, have you talked to President Biden about this whole situation? What, what did he say? Here's how that went.
1: Have you spoken to the president about these documents and their discovery? I have not. I have not spoken. Well, first of all, well, I have not spoken to the president about any of this specifically because uh, uh, he's laid out uh, what he knows. Uh, He Mm. has said uh, he he doesn't know what is in them. So there's no way for me to talk about the documents if he has said he doesn't know what's in them. Mm. Um, And we're just going to allow the process to continue.
2: Does anybody believe he doesn't know what's in these documents? Is there a soul? On earth who actually believes that story that she just read from her binder? Is there one person on earth? Does Corinne Jean-Pierre even believe it? I mean, obviously not. Uh, then uh, she was trying to get uh, out of answering more questions about this. The, that, one, that last clip was from Wednesday. We go to Thursday now, yesterday. And she's trying to figure out a way to not answer questions about this. This exchange is just, uh, just mind-boggling.
1: Go ahead. We have the records from
2: the Del- Delaware residents. Oh, I'm sorry. So I was calling
1: not? the gentleman who wanted to ask a question that was not related to this. Go
2: ahead. Thanks, I, <laughs> I, bet. Uh, I know I'm a little behind the news cycle here, but I want to go back to yesterday's uh, op-ed from the president. I love I love that. That she, gets a, she gets a reporter who starts asking a question about the documents, cuts him off and said, actually, I meant to call him that guy. Because that guy's going to ask me an easier question and I don't want to answer your hard question. Let's just get the questions that I want. Guys, can you just submit the questions before I will pick them and I will answer the ones I want to answer? That might be how this works in the future. Don't be surprised if it's already happening right now. Um, How about Peter Ducey? Now, Ducey always comes with a he's the only skeptical questioner in this room. We all know that. Uh, But he was asking about uh, what he what he called garage gate. The fact that these documents were sitting in a garage which seemingly not only Hunter Biden, but many other people had access to, uh, next to his, his Corvette, here is uh, how that exchange went.
1: Another one on garage Gate. What is the White House trying to hide? Nothing. Someone gave the president a statement to read on Tuesday that was incomplete at best, misleading at worst, who? So I have read out the president's statement. I have read it out yesterday and what he said. He said that he, will, he respects or he takes classified information and documents very seriously. Mm-hmm. That's what he said.
2: Right. <laughs> that is what he said. But the whole point of that whole statement was misleading uh, and it was incorrect. And now they tried to back off of that. But we all know that Joe Biden doesn't form his own sentences. If he tries to form his own sentences, it doesn't work. Just like the engine of his Corvette possibly. Uh, by the way, uh, GarageGate's okay. I will say, you know, you had the Trump documents at Mar-a-Lago. Uh, you've got the Biden documents in his garage next to his Corvette. I think Car-a-Lago is better. I'm just going to say it right now. GarageGate's fine. Car-a-Lago, better. That's my opinion. Um, okay. Uh, how about uh, today? What was she blabbing about today with these documents?
1: Many of you here have been talking to my colleague in the White House Counsel, So, what the the um the actions that we took were right right actions that his team took uh, in de- in in uh dealing with the department of justice and also the archives but look you, i have so i have you guys have answered questions when the press has broken and the news because it's an ongoing process because again it is an ongoing process there is a process here
2: yeah there's a process here you avoid it until you absolutely have to tell the truth you lie and lie and lie and lie And then eventually you get caught and you have to tell the truth and then you give the slightest, most tiny piece of the truth possible. And until you can lie and lie more until you have to give another tiny piece of the truth. That is the process here. This is the process that Corinne Jean-Pierre is involved in every single day. This is what she does for a living. Now, she's getting paid not by the Biden presidential campaign, but by you. You are paying her salary. It is her job to actually actively communicate ongoing things in the White House to you, to help you, a citizen, understand what's going on in the inner workings of Washington. Does she do this job well? Does she do it? Does she even try to do it? No. It's a constant uh, half-truth defense of her bumbling boss who sits there and is involved uh, in, in constant lying on an everyday basis, and she just perpetuates it. I mean, it's, it's embarrassing, and, you know, the worst part about it is, because, you know, that description applies to a lot of pa- press secretaries. The worst part about it is she's really bad at doing it. She doesn't do it well. She's terrible at her job. And that's why we have to spend some time analyzing the week of Corinne Jean-Pierre.
1: The president's economic plan is working, even though inflation is high in most major economies, it's coming down in America and giving families more breathing room. You hear the president say that all the time, how he wants to make sure that he's giving American families a little bit more of a breathing room.
2: Yeah, he does say that all the time. Now, does it? There- Does he ever do anything about it? By the way, has anyone investigated, and I would love an economist to look at this, but has anyone investigated that the main cause for our inflation in this country may be Corinne Jean-Pierre's wardrobe? Is that possible? Is it possible that the clothes she buys are so expensive that you're surely paying for uh, that uh, that's what's really driving inflation? I don't know. I think it's possible. We should look into it. Uh, By the way, the breathing room he's talking about, uh, what if you like omelets? Uh, Do you get that breathing room as well? Eggs are up 59.9%. Over the past year, butter is up 31.4 uh, percent. I have a friend who who has a bunch of chickens in his backyard, and you know, he's like, I got a chicken coop situation going on. And uh, I mean, I I gotta assume he's a multimillionaire by now by the he can get for these eggs. Farm fresh eggs, they're like 30 bucks a pop at this point. Just churning out the cash every single day from these chickens. I will say uh, that it is a it's you know bizarre what whether they brag about. Yeah, it's down. Is is six point five percent inflation better than nine percent inflation? Well, yeah, it's slightly better. It's true. It's slightly better than the worst thing we've seen in forty years. Is is this something you brag about? Is it slightly better than uh, you know any other president that you can remember going back all the way to the after effects of Jimmy Carter? If if you have any. Pride? Would you make these arguments? And of course, the answer to that is absolutely not. Now, the U.S. will hit the debt limit on Thursday. Uh, Janet Yellen is saying, "Hey, Congress, uh, you know, raise the debt limit." It seems like they walk through every other thing that's a line in our society except the debt limit. Like they're they're willing. Like look at what Joe Biden's trying to do with the you know the student loan situation just rolling over every constitutional item. Just They do not care at all, not asking Congress, just spending a trillion dollars for no reason. They'll walk through that line all day long. The debt limit, they can't do it, though. It's impossible, cannot go through that. Uh, that, of course, is always a scare tactic. Um, typically does not work out nearly as badly as they say. There's a lot of people who say it would take months and months and months and months for this to actually be a problem. We will, we will see. Uh, if there's any hope that maybe you could improve the economy by passing a new tax bill or trying to improve the situation for business owners, Joe Biden wants you to know something very clearly. No, he will not accept any of your tax proposals. He says, I will flat veto them. As he pledges to reject Republican tax bills, Uh, he wants to uh, people saying that they want to abolish the Internal Revenue Service and um, replace the federal income tax with a national sales tax. That's the fair tax, by the way. Now, there's no chance of the fair tax actually getting in right now. Um, Probably not ever, honestly, uh, as a proposal. I'm not a not a big fair tax guy, and I don't think it's very likely that it will occur. But yes, he's just going to veto everything. He's going to veto the fair tax, which would be quite an undertaking if it were to pass. But he's also going to veto everything else that's proposed because this is what he's going to do. He's going to make life impossible to pass an actually sensible bill, even if it is bipartisan. He'll veto it if it comes from Republicans because he can't give them any credit for the economy improving. He has to just sit back and hope it gets better on its own because of his policies. We've already seen the effects of of the first couple of years. Hopefully we don't get two more years like the past two because we've been on a, a constant downward trajectory and eventually you hit the ground. My response to it all is that alleged classified documents showing up allegedly in the possession of uh of uh joseph biden uh right. you know i mean there's so much that needs to be um investigated, investigated. and um mm-hmm. and that's that's what i call for is for everything to be investigated okay. but i'm suspicious of the timing wow. of it You're, i'm i'm also are? aware of the fact that things can be planted on people. Uh-oh. P- places and places. things can be planted. Places can, um, be, planted? Things, things can be planted. Oh, in places, oh things things uh, can be planted in places. And then discovered oh, no. conveniently oh, that may be what has occurred here. I'm not ruling that out. Oh, no. But I don't I'm I'm open in terms of the investigation needs to be investigated. The investigation does need to be investigated. I think we can agree with Hank Johnson on that one. Here's my request to anyone out there uh, in the media. Every single topic should have a video with the opinion of Hank Johnson attached to it. I want all of them. I, w- I want him to be constant. Why is he only out every once in a, f- a few years, you hear from the guy? I love this commentary. Hey, maybe the documents that Joe Biden admitted having at his place were planted. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe they were. Maybe, I don't know, something could happen in Guam if you send too many soldiers. So I told you about that back in 2010. fear is that uh, the whole island will uh, become so overly
1: populated that it will tip over and uh and capsize uh we don't anticipate that
2: (laughs) no we don't anticipate that's my favorite response of all time uh we don't anticipate that no usually islands don't uh, tip over and capsize but more hank johnson in our life to Adam in the studio, every Hank Johnson clip. Let's get more of them. I want more questions from Hank Johnson about issues of the day. And finally, before we go, this is something that you probably saw coming, but James Bond is gay. Um, not, I mean, you might say, hey, wait, I've seen him have a lot of sex with women on in the movies, but not that James Bond. James Bond in Wisconsin. Uh, a much less salacious version of James Bond. He is the An openly LGBTQQIA 2 plus cabinet secretary. Congratulations for the people that you. Congratulations for telling us about what gender you want to sleep with, James Bond. All right, it's time for Stew Eats America, where we eat the treats that you may want to try and see what's the best path to your weight gain. What's the most rewarding path to your sloth? Um, Twix cookie dough is our first example. This is on our diabetic coma edition because, you know, it's all candy today. Here we go. Twix cookie dough. I'm excited about this one. Let's try it. Hmm. I mean, I don't know I'm getting a strong cookie dough vibe out of this. One thing I like to do is try the topping of it. It's not cookie dough. I don't think. It's like a cream. I would say a cream type of thing. Uh, we grade these on the old school grading system A to F. I mean, it's okay. It tastes like a Twix mainly. It's a little bit less chewy than the Twix with caramel. Uh, but I'm not in love with it. I'm not a huge Twix guy. As it is, I give that one a C. C. Doing some record keeping here for the chips or for the Twix cookie dough. Kit Kat. Again, not my favorite candy bar out there, but Kit Kat is you know solid. It's okay. Good in ice cream. I'm a big ice cream guy with the Kit Kat. When we go to um, the place where you can put the, you know, the build your own sundae type of place, Kit Kat crumbles pretty good on them. These are called duos, and they've got the the double sided nature. They've got the strawberry on one side. They got the chocolate on the other side. Oh, I'm getting a very very strong fake strawberry vibe, which I like. Let me try these. These are Kit Kat duos. Again, do I love that? i got to be honest with you. The, I, this is what I do here. I'm honest with you. The answer is not really. It's not great. Again, would I, it would be better in ice cream. The thing with Twix is they're a little dry to me. They're a little, excuse me, Kit Kats. They're a little dry. Twixes are not dry, but Kit Kats a little dry. I'm going to give that one a C-. minus. It's not terrible, but it's not great. Okay, now we get into the Reese's section of the show. Starting off with Reese's Big Cup with Reese's Puffs. Now, Reese's has been doing this a lot lately, where they'll just take their normal product and jam other things inside of it. And, you know, it's so—it's just a cynical tactic that I fall for every single time and adore. Just adore it. Um, let me see if I can get a good breakage here. Oh, yeah. We've got a lot of peanut butter inside here. Let's see where I'm going to find a puff. Mmm. Okay. Oh, yeah. Gosh, Reese's is so good. Okay, this tastes exactly like a normal. I have so much chocolate on my desk right now. I know I'm gonna get it on myself. Um, tastes like a normal big cup, which is, to me is a is a very solid product. This adds in kind of like a almost like a the texture of like a Rice Krispies being inside. You know, you get that kind of cereal crunch in the middle of it. It's a solid product. I'm going to give that a B plus a B plus for the Reese's Puffs Reese's Big Cup thing I just had. Now. We've got Reese's Outrageous. Now, this has Reese's product, the peanut butter inside, and then they put Reese's Pieces around the outside. Now, if you know anything about me, you know that my favorite candy pretty much in the entire world is a Reese's Pieces. Such a stupid Hmm. Oh, yeah. I got caramel in it, too. Oh, yeah. Milk chocolate, peanut butter, caramel, and Reese's Pieces candy. That's a good bar. Would I recommend you getting that bar? I would recommend you getting that bar. Anytime you can jam Reese's Pieces in something, it's pretty freaking good. Luckily, for calories sake, I have Diet Coke here. To wash that down. That's very solid. Uh, That's an A- candy bar right there. So A- for the Reese's Puffs, uh, for the Reese's Outrageous. I think it was a B plus, I think I said, for the Reese's Puffs, I don't remember. And then the Kit Kat Duo, C minus, Twix cookie dough. A disappointing C, I was excited about the Twix. Just go out there and try them all yourself. We'll see you next week.